0: Imagine it. yeah It is so funny like literally every recording I'm like I know he's going to like fiddle with the now so, <laughs> <laughs> so what happened
1: welcome to the now that you mentioned a podcast with Kevin and Dane I'm Dane and I'm Kevin so what happened was right before and watch as I do it again cuz it looks like something doesn't look quite right okay so what happened was right before we started recording <laughs> I you know I went over to the little mixer we have or the audio inter- interface really is what it's called and i you know i adjusted the levels and as i was doing it i was struck by how little i actually know about what i'm doing when i <laughs> turn the various knobs and shit I'm, i just go off of a vibe i'm like ah right
0: and then kevin was like yo what the fuck are you doing like, <laughs> <laughs> like you literally you're just you're not even looking at it For the most part. You're like barely glancing at the knob as you're you're turning it. You're just like fucking with it.
1: Really what my conception of it boils down to is like if you turn the mix up, that's basically heightening the sensitivity and it's going to be louder. That's all I know. So I'm like, let me – but like at various times over our recording history, I feel like I've come to the perfect point where I'm like, okay, I'm not going to touch it anymore. But then invariably every recording, I'm like, eh – let me mess around a little
0: bit. Yeah, I don't know what the fuck. I don't know how to do any of it. So, you know, I'm yeah. just laughing at your lack of knowledge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you, you play it off, though.
1: <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's all about playing the part. Um, So, yeah, we're here. Kevin didn't sleep through. No, not this time. The recording date. Um, Today we are talking about an episode that I've Looked forward to for a long time, an episode on conspiracy theories, Mm -hmm. which potentially slash probably will be two parts. So this will represent part one of a little two part series on conspiracy theories and conspiracy thinking. But for the opening segment, we didn't have anything planned, but I just asked Kevin how he felt about irreverent political commentator and comedian (laughs) Bill Maher. Yeah. And we well, started getting into it a little bit. And I was like, let's save it because we don't have anything op- planned
0: for the opening segment. So, yeah. What? I mean, so are you an avid watcher of avid viewer? I go through f-
1: I wouldn't <laughs> Yeah, I would have to say yeah. I wouldn't say I'm the his biggest fan. Mm-hmm. I'm more. I tune in. I go through stretches where I am watching every week, and then I'll fall off a little bit. And then what, what happened on Bill Maher? Let me yeah, let me yeah. check because he routinely has people on whose mm-hmm. opinions I, I want to hear about, mm-hmm. um, such as such as <laughs> like he he has he killer, always had he always has kid. killer Mike on. Um, yeah. he has the author. Simon Rushdie on mm-hmm. pretty frequently, he, and he just has like an array of political pundits on that are. I'm just like I'm kind of interested to see like what, what's going on.
0: Yeah. Um. So so yeah. Yeah, I used to watch Bill Maher okay. a lot. Um. I I say like maybe I started watching him like a lot, maybe like 2013. Okay. Like 2013, 2014, um, and then I was really like on board when he came out and supported Bernie. In yeah. In 2015 or whatever, 2015, 2016. And so Bill Maher's show was like one of the few, like, like mainstream shows that was actually like progressive. Like he actually, you know, and he's still to an extent, like you said, he has Killer Mike on, like he had Crystal Ball from um The Hill. on. I saw Vice. that one, yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. So he still gives like progressives like a platform, but for me... It's just disappointing to see somebody like him who was like like a lefty you know he's rich and everything like that, but he understood like politics from that perspective and now it just seems like he's like shifted to more to more of a like establishment you know mentality or establishment framing so for instance, he spoke about so I saw the shit with crystal ball right. The the episode with her. Yeah, what were they talking about? And they were talking about the the debate. And right. And at one point, um, at one point, Bill Maher was saying like, you know, the whole split between like the establishment wing and the progressive wing with Warren and Bernie, sort of like. And I have my thing about Warren, but we will save that yeah, for later. Yeah. But um. But the whole like Warren and Bernie side and then you have Biden and everything. And then he had the most asinine comment when he said, you know, we just need like a a compromise, a real compromise candidate out of the Democrat, you know, out of the Democratic Party. What about Amy Klobuchar? Huh. And so it was just like you want like the hackiest of establishment hacks like even hackier than fucking joe biden right you know and it's like "Mm, i don't know bill like yeah and it's it's just it's been like that since the trump election like trump has has forced everybody in like everybody from the left Uh, has forced he's forced everybody toward the center everyone's become sort of a centrist yeah, yeah. out of like
1: necessity right yeah
0: right. It's, i think it's like out
1: of a fear out of, of, of being too fear. far left to like right. stoke the the ire of like the trump base or whatever right. it is right um that's interesting yeah i don't I, yeah i don't know enough about amy klobuchar um to have an opinion one way or the other she's trash she's trash yeah. okay i'll take your word for the, yeah you're i mean you're my political correspondent <laughs> basically kevin explains politics to me um but, yeah, I guess I tune into Bill Maher more Bill Maher more for his... I really like how blunt he is about the environment. He's, like, a staunch mm-hmm. advocate mm-hmm. of all the environmental right. issues. And, right. like, he puts it in a really, like, way that's sort of easy to comprehend. Right. Um, and, like, I, I... And he's
0: pro-cannabis. Right. Like right. Which I don't have a... I have a dog in that <laughs> 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 Um...
1: But even though, I mean, sometimes, uh, well, yeah, like, a lot of the times I start, like, when he goes on his monologue, sometimes I start rolling my eyes because it's, like, the same old shtick of, like, he's lefty, but he's sort of, like, he he's hard on the left, mm-hmm. too. But
0: I also tune in for his, like, cultural takes. Mm. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I think I think overall, like, he's, he's solid, like, and he's been solid for years. It's just for somebody who is like a political junkie such as myself and to have seen somebody like him who was, you know, like I say, he's rich Ivy League, uh, educated comedian, you know, who's basically he doesn't have to like advocate for like real lefty populist type of like policies and shit like that. And so for somebody like that to have done it and then to make, like, a complete, like, 180 is, like, pretty trash. So it's just... I see what you're saying. I get that. I see what you're saying.
1: Well, now that I'm hip to that dynamic, I'm going to see how that plays out. Yeah. Because I like tuning in. Um, Okay. (laughs) So last week you brought in a Rock Marciano line for Mm -hmm. good rapper, Mm -hmm. bad bars. Now, I noticed something. And first of all, let me just say... Let me just stipulate that all the bad rap lines that I've brought in, there's only been a few, have they pale in comparison to Kevin's selections. <laughs> and like so, my stipulation here is that since you brought in Rock Marciano line last time and I like Rock Marciano a lot, I was listening to Rock Marciano's second album, Reloaded, mm-hmm. and I came across a line that had always stuck out to me. And now that we have this new, Mm -hmm. you know, this new conceit of good rapper, bad bars, I was like, let me let me just let me just feature it. And it's not so much a bad bar as it is. It's just kind of O.D. and like crass and gross. Mm, Okay. so it's just like it's just like you kind of jumped the shark, Rock Marciano, like in terms of like the crass level. So here it is. Well, what's what's the, the song and everything? Oh, it's off of his second album, Reloaded, and the song is We Ill. Okay. Which is, like, off the second half of the album. Okay. Let me read the first few lines to showcase his virtuosity. Okay. And then we'll get to the, the point where, you know, it'll become very evident what I'm talking about. Squeeze glocks for stocks, three-quarter fox, thick big pit bull jaw lock, I'm the warlock. My lines go for ten a pop, like orange tops. Fuck you, with a horse's cock. (laughs) (laughs) I mean that, (laughs) like that's gross. Nah, that fuck
0: you with a horse's cock. Yeah, that's why do you have to say fuck you with a horse's cock? That's gross. That's like, I mean, Cameron and like Jada Kiss and like I know for a while like it was you know Eda Aids Dick. You know, like cats would say shit like that.
1: Well, that deserves scrutiny too. <laughs> that's gross.
0: Yeah, but that, I, it may be gross. If you want to say good rappers, gross bar, <laughs> then maybe, but. Uh, no, but I but, think
1: that's a bad bar too. You think that's a bad one? Fuck you with the horse's cock. You can't think of you, like, <laughs> you can't think of a more like inventive way to say, fuck you. You just have to go like. Yeah that's Also again it's like a very literal approach Like if he's trying to say figuratively fuck you And like this is how much I'm saying fuck you Then you appeal to the
0: To the horse's cock To the horse's cock Yeah I, uh, <sighs> I'm i shooting a bail on that one Yeah I'm shooting I'm shooting Rock Marciano bell on that one bro Would you like sing along to it Like yeah Fuck you with the horse's cock Yes 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 one hundred wow. times, yes. Hmm. Yeah. I'm kind of stunned that. Oh, I'm vulgar. It's like, just like O D vulgar. Yeah, no, but I'm yeah, I'm a vulgar person. All right, I'm I'm very reserved on the podcast. I'm
1: not. I guess I'm just. I'm not anti-vulgarity if it's good, but just
0: like a non sequitur line out of nowhere, "fuck you" with the horse's cock. Yeah. Yeah, but that's and it's also rap because those are throwaway lines. You know, cats are always. I mean, really, we can turn this. You know, turn this fucking segment into good rappers throwaway bars. Because I mean, for mm. the most part, most of those bad bars are just It's some shit that they just wrote down because you know it fit the rhyme scheme or whatever. It's not necessarily like anything thought for. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, all the bad like. All the bad bars I've brought up is some shit that's like, what the fuck? Like, you literally could have said anything else. Yeah, that's true. You know? Yeah. Like, you could have said anything else but this. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. I, I think the horses, horse's cock shit is, uh... That's mild. That's permissible? Yeah. Yeah. It's not like like the vulgarity and sh- Like, Eminem took that shit and, like put that shit on an entirely new level where he's raping his mom and all this like weird shit. So it's like when I hear shit like that that's pretty uh, yeah, mild. I haven't even considered all all that. Yeah, that's pretty mild in you know, comparison to like the shit that has been said. <laughs> I guess it's sort of like the
1: like the calibration of expectations. I was just...
0: That's exactly what I was thinking. Where is Rock year- Marciano yep. is... Yep. Well, first had. of all, I'm a huge fan. And yeah. second of all,
1: it's like, he's all about like the slick talk. Yeah. Like lavish. Right. He, the, he, I think <laughs> hey, the, the,
0: that's the perfect... That's the perfect
1: fucking word is lavish. He has a line, I think, in that song, which at first I was like, this is kind of ridiculous. But the more I think about it, the more I'm like, its the, I think it's so ill. It's something about the outside of the tilapia was blackened. And I'm like, oh, that's (laughs) sick. Let me find that. I got to find that. Okay, here's the line. Which is, ugh. The handle on the 32 is pearl. Do a set of concentration curls. High fashion, climaxing on satin. The outside of the tilapia was blackened.
0: Yeah, that's fire.
1: That's disgusting. That's that's fire. Because at first I was like, did he... I remember the first time I ever heard that song. I was like, did he just that's, say tilapia to me? That shit <laughs> but was But then I'm like, fired. the outside of the tilapia the was, was blackened?
0: blackened. <laughs> yeah, that shit sound like some, some motherfucking Michelin star shit.
1: Yeah. So, yeah, that that's, that's Rock Marciano's yeah. lane. The outside right, of the right. tilapia
0: was blackened. Right. So, yeah, so hearing hearing him say something like, you know, fuck you with a horse's cock, you know, diverts from that expectation. Right. And it, Yeah, same baby. song. Right. So, yeah. No, I feel you. i I'm just saying, in in comparison to the scale of vulgarity that, or the spectrum of right, vulgarity, yeah. you know, he's, yeah, he's everyone out. pales in comparison to it's fucking to Eminem's crazy ass. Who's stuff. the one
1: horror core cat? I think he's from the West Coast, Bay Area, maybe. Who? Hobson? No, not Hobson. Older, older cat. Older had some, like had some like cannibalistic oh something. Who am I thinking of? Something X. Uh, I'll, I'll think about it. Mm. Um, we'll add all this shit out. Brother Lynchong. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Brother Hong. Yeah. Yeah. He was on some wild shit too. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. It took me a while to figure out his name. Okay. Um, So yeah, we're gonna take a break, and when we come back, we're gonna talk about conspiracy theories. Fire. Peace. <laughs> i Reluctantly, welcome back to the Now That You Mention It podcast. And I say reluctantly because I (laughs) implored Kevin to do the to do what I'm doing right now, to bring us back in. I don't know. I'm sure the Radio Cats have some like industry term for what it is, but Kevin refused to do it. So here I am again saying. Welcome back to the Now That You Mentioned podcast. Uh, This is the time where
0: we inform you that- Fuck with us on social media.
1: Thanks, Kevin. (laughs) Yeah, it's at NTYMI pod, and more importantly, help us get the algo popping um, by subscribing to us on iTunes or your preferred podcast client. Yeah. like Stitcher. Stitcher. Google Play. Does Stitcher have an app? I don't know what Stitcher is still. Yeah, me either. I don't know um Google Play which one is the Amazon uh TuneIn I think is the Amazon one or to, is that is TuneIn completely separate I don't know T- I think we're on TuneIn yeah we're on TuneIn uh, we're on all of them uh, except if if TuneIn isn't the Amazon one then we're not on the, the Amazon one or maybe we are Amazon Music I have no idea Okay so uh yeah hit us up and follow us on the social media and help us <clears throat> propel the podcast forward by Boosting
0: our algo, right? We gotta manipulate the algo. Manipulating the algo is <laughs> so fire. We gotta rate us. Like, come up with new, new accounts so you can rate us multiple times. Oh
1: yeah, you definitely gotta do that. Um, Throw away email accounts. Yeah, just make a bunch of emails. Just make a bunch
0: of emails and just rate us and, and leave dope reviews and shit so we can. That'd be that'd be appreciated. Yeah, that'd yeah. be much appreciated.
1: All right, so since I'm uh, I'm the host right, and Kevin's the color commentator, this was the analogy that was just drawn. Let me tell you about what we're talking about today. We're talking about conspiracy theories, and I'll set the stage. Okay, so the, the book we used was a book called American Conspiracy Theories by Joseph Usinski and Joseph Parent. So two cats named Joseph wrote this book. Fun fact. (laughs) Don't get out of hand with the color commentary, bro. (laughs) Too much color. (laughs) If we do the behind the scenes, you see me like, yo, chill. (laughs) Chill with the color. Okay, so I'll set the stage the same way the author set the stage by saying that the original, And this is a book, it's called American Conspiracy Theory, so it's focused around American conspiracy theories. So the Declaration of Independence, the authors say, was, quote, the original American conspiracy theory, which I had never really thought about. It was kind of mind-blowing to me. So in the introduction, the authors lay out how, according to the colonists, King George was planning on taking away all of the, uh, the colonists' rights and getting taking away all of the colony's sovereignty and all that shit because they basically needed a rationalization to declare independence. So Mm -hmm. that's why the authors call the Declaration of Independence the original American conspiracy theory. And even Edmund Burke, the 18th century uh, British philosopher cat, noted that where other countries, when they, like, complain and protest against the government, they would complain about shit that had already happened. He noted that it was kind of... Weird that the Americans were complaining about shit that hadn't even happened yet. They were anticipating it, which is Mm -hmm. sort of like this mode of conspiracy thinking. Um, So the author's right. The justification for independence was a shaky conspiracy theory. And as with many things, where the founders have led, Americans have followed in droves. A steady stream of conspiracy theories have flowed in the years since the founding, imputing anti-American conspiracy to the British, French, Spanish, Illuminati, Freemasons, Catholics, Jews, Mormons, Muslims, communists, capitalists, and many, many more. Any color to add? (laughs) (laughs) No. Okay, so that's me setting the stage. And then, as I do in other episodes, like, why do an episode on conspiracy theories? Where did this idea come from? I mean, conspiracy theories have irked me for a long time, and I was kind of the one that, like, want, like, I was like, I want to do an episode on conspiracy theories. But what did, like, what's your background? Like, what do you think um, about the the topic in general? <clears throat>
0: about conspiracy theories in general? Like, I guess,
1: like, what, what were you, like, going into, but, like,
0: prior to reading this book, like... What was my thoughts about conspiracy theories? Yeah, like, if you had, like, a it? general... Um, opinion. No, I mean, I look at conspiracy theories, you know, it just depends on like the context. Like, certain conspiracy theories have a little bit of merit just based on the circumstances around whatever that group of people, you know, are thinking or think or anticipating. Um, but then other shit is just like, you know, people just trying to figure out a way to, you know, explain shit that they have no idea. Of or to like make themselves feel better about a reality that's just it is what it is. So yeah. going into it, that's how I felt about conspiracies. And <clears throat> I mean that, that, you know, framing of conspiracies was pretty much reinforced through a lot of this reading.
1: Yeah. So if anything, I was kind of I was going in a little more like anti-conspiracy theory. That's sort of my like background intuition. So I was almost like Annoyed at how leveled their
0: analysis was. Well, I think you have to look at what, like, I mean, literally everything. You're conspire if you if you have an idea or something. We conspired to create this podcast mm-hmm. before before it was enacted. Before it was proxies, it was a theory. We conspired to put this podcast together just in the most general way. Okay, so everything's a conspiracy to some ex- extent. Like, you consp- you go to jail for conspiring to commit whatever crime it is that you're, yeah. you know, going to jail for. So, like, it's not the conspiracy theory in, ge- like, you know, in and of itself that's sort of bad or whatever. I think it's how people frame shit. Like, what's the conspiracy theory meant to do? You know what I'm saying? Like, what's, what's the intent behind it? So, mm, I think okay. it's a different, it's a difference between, like, Certain people coming up with a conspiracy theory about, you know, government policing and and surveillance and shit, right? Black people, Muslims, you know, Mexicans, right? Um, That's different. Those conspiracy, you know, if if people were to create conspiracy theories out of, you know, government surveillance, out of uh, local and and federal policing and all of this shit, it's grounded in something. Mm Mm-hmm. Alex Jones is over here on some whole other shit. Right. So if, if you're talking about conspiracy theories from that perspective, then yeah, that's some bullshit. I don't know what like yeah. know what the fuck he talking
1: about. But. So so I think the authors are are coming at it in a way that is tr- they're trying to formulate a definition and a theory of conspiracy theories that encompasses all all of it, all of it into into one sort of comprehensive analysis. So for me. I thought, like, why do an episode on conspiracy theories? Well, one, because it seems like conspiracy thinking is, like, seeming to take a real hold on real-life shit. Mm-hmm. Like, we have a fucking climate change denier mm-hmm. as president mm-hmm. who says that climate change is a hoax. Um, the anti-vax shit springs to mind, too. Like, real-world real, real world consequences um, as a result of conspiracy thinking that
0: Vaccines yeah, cause I, autism I and shit push, like that. I have some pushback on that one,
1: though. Okay. Um, and then, three, on a more personal level, I'm like, it just irks me because, like, you know, you can imagine meeting someone or knowing someone <clears throat> who is otherwise rational, but then when push comes to show and you get it out of them, it's like they believe that, you know, 9 11 was an inside job or Sandy Hook shooting was a. Con- Conspiracy perpetrated by the government or or you know the vaccines or whatever, whatever it is. And it's like, to me, that just represents this sort of like lacuna in rationality. And like, so you're either underinformed or miseducated about the actual issue you're you're purporting to describe. And so it just represents this sort of weird breakdown where you can be otherwise well-informed about a whole host of stuff, but then for one thing, it's like Mm-hmm. You have these motivated biases to think what you want to think and then provide the justification for afterwards. but we'll but we'll get to that. So let me just continue to set the stage. I always had this vague notion that like mad people believed in conspiracy theories, but like you totally didn't necessarily know it. Mm-hmm. And then I was happy to find out that my intuition was backed by these political scientists' data. so, they write that although the caricature of a conspiracy theorist is like, you know, a 4chan Reddit-frequenting fat white guy in his mom's basement or something, mm-hmm. polls show that conspiracy theories cut <clears throat> across gender, age, race, income, political affiliation, occupational status. And they wrote this book prior to the Trump presidency. Mm-hmm. Um, but, so a poll conducted in 2013 showed that one-third of Americans believed the birther conspiracy that Barack Obama was a foreigner – wasn't born in the united states a poll conducted the same year showed that also one third one fucking third of americans believed that uh the bush administration either carried out or knowingly allowed the 9-11 attacks and 60 to 80 percent of americans believe that the assassination of jfk was orchestrated by a conspiracy um so it's just these numbers are just pointing to the fact of like how widespread conspiracy thinking is um and then everything that follows what we're about to talk about is, like, to me, we can debate about, like, what causes conspiratorial thinking. Um, so do you want to jump in? Or should- yeah, I, I mean, I think
0: on that note, like, that's probably the most important element of, like, truly, like, examining conspiracy theories. It's sort of like this, you know, social context around them, like, and the people who are believing them and everything like that. Like, I think that that has to be taken into account before you can, like, critique the the theory itself to really understand, Okay, where is this coming from? Where is it rooted? Like, -hmm. you have to take that into account because there's certain things that that may have that may have like real world, you know, effect, for instance, like you talked about uh, the vaccination. And so it's like, yeah. You hear about, you know, you know, like what what the science says about vaccination or whatever. Right. But then you look at, you know, a large portion of black people don't fuck with vaccination. But why don't they fuck with vaccination? Well, you just go to history. Look at this, you know, Tuskegee uh, shit. Look at James. What the fuck? James Marlin Sims or whatever. He got a fucking statue at Central Park. Did they take it down? I don't know. But, you know, he fucking performing surgery and shit on black, on slave women and shit with no anesthetics, you know, shit like that, just to see, like, oh, they can take this. You know what I'm saying? So it's like there is a weariness of mm-hmm. of the science and shit like that. So when you have people who are like, oh, I'm, I'm anti that or whatever, I'm anti back or whatever, it's like shit. There's a there's a history of, you know. There's a preponderance of evidence as to why this particular group of people, at least, would say, I'm not fucking with that. Same reason why people don't go to the doctor, you know. So that's another story. But, you know, so it's just, I think, I think where, you know, where people are at definitely, like, speaks to, you know, what those conspiracy theories are actually trying to, you know, purport about the world. Yeah. yeah. I No, I totally
1: agree, like factually with everything you said and the authors i think that's sort of like their main yeah their the main thesis that they propose later on the book the first part of it is sort of devoted to the previous scholarship on what explains conspiracy theories so the first thing that i that really stuck out to me were the studies that they cited that showed that um inducing anxiety in the lab in Mm -hmm. subjects and Uh, loss of control would trigger conspiratorial thinking and like cause the subjects of the study to see non-existent patterns. Mm -hmm. And there's also data to suggest that real world events that cause loss of control and cause anxiety like um, earthquakes and natural disasters and shit also prompt people to start seeing non-existent patterns in the world.
0: I mean... Religion's a fucking conspiracy theory. What do you mean? What did you just? What did you just explain?
1: One of the causes of just, conspiratorial thinking.
0: Yeah, it, it go through it again.
1: Just, just draw the parallel. <laughs> just
0: draw the parallel. I mean, you said it's a lack of control, anxiety right. based on a lack of control. What is what your lack of control is that you don't know what's going to happen in the afterlife. you don't, you don't. Oh, have so the, you're saying like, yeah, religion, religion is religion sort of is, a panacea for that. Yeah. Religion, well, yeah. Yeah. Religion, do you, are you, people are anticipating supernatural shit based on this, I based on the fact that they don't have any idea of what the fuck is really gonna I happen. would classify religion as,
1: because I, as comforting the same uh, root cause, but conspiracy thinking, I feel like you sort of project these evil motives onto Okay, in religion protect- a select group of people that are really pulling the strings behind everything.
0: And religion does the same thing. Christianity, what is it's it's the Christians and it's everybody else. It's us versus them.
1: Yeah, but are most people going to church Comforted by that reason, or are they comforted by the fact that they get to believe in a heaven where you go up and all your pets and loved ones are there and you
0: get to chill? They're comforted in an explanation in the same way that the conspiracy theorist is comforted in his explanation. Yeah. I agree with that. Yeah. I agree with that. Okay.
1: So, we've got this psychological backdrop to what causes conspiracy theories, but it doesn't totally explain it because – I'm mad stressed all the time and I'm not out here believing in every conspiracy theory and mad people are out here mad stressed Mm -hmm. and out of control and they don't believe in every conspiracy theory. And moreover, people who do like the, the subjects and the tests, it's not like they just blindly accepted every conspiracy theory. They were selective about one. So you need a variable that will explain why people believe in the conspiracy theories they do believe in and that's where the authors cite ideology mm-hmm. where ideology is sort of an explanatory factor because you have conspiracy theories that are aligning with your ideology. So if you're on the right, you are more likely to believe that there's communists out there conspiring or mm-hmm. that climate change is a hoax perpetrated by you know the elite cabal of scientists and academics and liberals – and if you're on the left, you're more like... Uh, apparently. I didn't realize that the 9-11 conspiracy theory was like a, a manifestation of
0: leftist ideology. It's... But according I mean, to the data it, that we saw in the book, it is. Yeah, but... In, and that's, that's rooted in like... U.S. foreign policy is on some like different shit. <laughs> and that's one thing that America has definitely gotten right... Like, this shit is, in terms of, like, how most Americans understand U.S. foreign policy, this shit, we're like North Korea in terms of our understanding of how America really operates empirically, like, as an, and when I say that, I mean as an empire, right? And so, when you see, for lefties who are, like, anti-war, who are, like, Understanding how the political economy operates geopolitically, like how money, you know, just how money uh, is made via war, like how much money has been made since the since 9-11 in terms of Middle Eastern occupation. Right. So coming from that perspective there, you know, the people who believe like the shit was a conspiracy In terms of allowing it to happen or whatever like that is rooted in this mistrust right of the government and of the elite who benefits from perpetual war right now when you go further than that in terms of like the shit was blown up with uh you know explosives and when you get into all of that shit then you're like you're not tethered to like really any real shit at that point. I think, I think to say like that it's a conspiracy that, you know, America allows some shit to happen or whatever like that, I'm I'm sympathetic to it at the very least because I understand US foreign policy. And so in terms of like how war is, you know, how war is perpetuated, a lot of times it's manufactured. You have to manufacture it. And so like in terms of in terms of the U.S. military being the most powerful military on the planet, us having so much like the intelligence community is ridiculous. Like all of this shit you're telling you, you, you know, you're selling people that you motherfuckers got caught, you know, blind blindsided by this shit. And we hit the two pillars of American economic, you know, global, you know, your global uh, position in the world as this economic force, as this military economic force is at the Pentagon and the world tracing. And you telling me that you motherfuckers, the two, two most symbolic uh, buildings or whatever of y'all fucking global power got, you know, got hit with planes and y'all had no idea that the shit was happening, it's easy to see how somebody could say that, you know, that but shit you, is... Um, but what are you... Are you? I said I'm sympathetic to that. You're sympathetic? To what do you mean, exactly? In terms of... I don't think we'll ever know. In terms... I don't think you'll ever know for a fact if America had a role in it or not. I don't think that that's something that you'll ever really know because... The information that you get is based on information that's coming from the state. But when you say
1: – well, A, I feel like you're sort of in, imputing a more nuanced view of conspiratorial thinking to the people that actually believe the shit to be true. Right. Because Because but, when you but, really but, interrogate a 9-11 truther, it comes down to like there was all these – we don't even have to get into all the truth tests of like Occam's razor and – identifying all these hidden motives and all the like, like truth tests that you can apply to it. But when you, when it boils down to it, the person who really believes the 9-11 conspiracy theory is like, what, why did that, you ask them, why did they do it? And they're not, you're not going to get an answer that was as nuanced as what you just gave, like a sort of nuanced diatribe on the history of the United States foreign policy. You're going to get, it's because of the oil or Bush was evil or whatever. And it's like, I was blown away to, Find out that like the data doesn't show that the oil industry profited at all. Like American oil companies, according to this book, didn't get like first stake or first – Well, I mean it's – like it's, the price of oil uh, didn't change and all that shit after, after uh, really?
0: like, the invasion. So, But that's – and so yeah, it, you, again, you have to like understand US foreign policy in a different way to like – for me to say that I'm sympathetic – And, you know, you read like, oh, this, you know, this industry is really like. That was just another area that the U.S. again just had was able to occupy, right? Like you're able to occupy that you're able to now control, even though you don't necessarily because most of the oil and shit that America uses is from here now, um, being able to control that to keep that area in flux, because the one thing that you don't want is you don't want the Middle East who has all of that oil and shit. To not let you in on it. So you keep them in perpetual war. You keep them in flux in order to maintain that that power in that region. But I guess for me, I'm looking at it from the perspective of, you know, somebody who's like really into this shit. So, yeah, I think that something like that is possible. I'm not saying that that's outside of the realm of possibility that, okay, we can we all sides, you know, the the power elite in in the middle east who we fuck with, you guys will be straight, the power elite here, you know, the, the government officials, y'all be straight, the CEOs for the oil refineries and all that shit, y'all be like, that was a, it's a win-win for just war in the middle east right now. That's why it's never stopped. So knowing that now, like looking at that damn near 20 years later, but saying that, that like, there are market incentives to
1: be in a perpetual state of conflict is different than saying that the United States like, knew about what was going to happen and let 3,000 people in downtown Manhattan
0: die. Well, I mean you let people die in war all the time and that war is only benefiting the people who – the weapons manufacturers and shit like that. So what is that actually doing? Like the United States isn't operating from a place of defense. U.S. foreign policy isn't about defense at all. Mm-hmm. The, the United States occupies, you know, 500 countries. It's a fucking U.S. military base literally every fucking where, except Russia and maybe North Korea. With the fucking South Korea, that shit is basically mm-hmm. the United States as well. So it's like looking at it from that holistic perspective of the, the United States is operating as an empire. It's not far fetched. Now, does that say? Does that mean that it's necessarily true? Hell no. Nah. But is it outside the realm of possibility that uh, that an empire would spite its, you know, spite itself for a minute in order to, you know, reap the benefits of a long term gain? Would they do something in the short term that's fucked up in order to be like, okay, like go and look at fucking Halliburton and shit like that post Afghanistan? Or whatever, and tell me that that their numbers didn't go up. Like we aren't talking about like a lot of those numbers that they talked about were the initial shit. You know, after going like going into war, but we're twenty, we're damn near twenty years into it now, and cats are still over here, and cats are still making money off of this shit. Like, <laughs> so that part, you know, the fact that the fact that we're operating from, we are operating from like market incentives and shit like that, like. They're selling weapons, you know Saudi Arabia just bought a whole Bunch of fucking weapons, you know what I'm saying uh, Israel buys A whole bunch of fucking weapons, so it's like They're in the Business of Maintaining war, period
1: mm-hmm. Otherwise
0: you wouldn't be Fucking, you wouldn't be the global arms dealer You know, so Yeah, it's it's just in the realm of possibility For me, on that on that Level, now when you go beyond that And start talking about like the shit was blown up with explosives on the ends, you know, all of that, and, and getting into the Illuminati shit. That's when I, I'm um, no, yeah. But if we're having a real discussion about just how empires work, because you go back and look at shit in like that the British Empire did, and it'll parallel in terms of like, oh, we, you know, let some we let a, sh- a na a naval ship with some cats blow up for the sole purpose of being able to, you know, what I'm like. It's, a, you know shit like that happens. So, yeah. Yeah. So let me throw this
1: quote about ideology, about how ideology influences people's decisions to believe in certain conspiracy theories or one conspiracy theory over another. Um and this was crazy to me because it's it was like there was almost no out. You know, it was almost like a deterministic situation that the authors were positing like where once you have an ideology, you are kind of Confined and Mm -hmm. trapped, and like you're not, you're no longer evidence sensitive. Whether, regardless of what you think you are or not, so this was just like crazy to me. So first, well, they define ideology as a set of interrelated beliefs that provide a way for people to understand the world. Ideologies tell people what is important, who the good guys and bad guys are, what their goals are, et cetera, et cetera. Okay, so the subtext here is that our reasoning is motivated by. Are ideologies and that's the link between ideologies and conspiracy theories it's like the idea the ideology and conspiracy theory that goes along with it comes first and then you reason about it afterwards like motivated biases so they write this work meaning the work on motivated biases suggests that evidence and reasoning should play a secondary role in shaping conspiratorial beliefs rather it is primarily people's predispositions that shape how they interpret new information and form opinions Rationalization comes after. Therefore, people's political ideologies play a strong role in determining which conspiracy theories they will they will subscribe to, so that conspiratorial beliefs will be congruent with their dispositions. And this part was really frustrating to me because, for the most part, I'm like railing against the conspiracy theories that are coming out of the right, like the like the Alex Jones and like the, tr- mm-hmm. the Trump talking all this wild shit. But then. What well, was frustrating was because I was like, well, there is a, there is a fundamental truth somewhere. Like mm. someone's going to be right or wrong at some point. You know what I mean? But this work on motivated biases suggests that once you are set in your yeah. set of beliefs, I was it's like all say, the rationalization yeah. comes yeah, afterwards. Yeah. So it's right. like, even though I had that thought, I was like, well, damn, am I just motivated to, right. to think that, um, But yeah, so just a a quick example which we already hit on to uh, illustrate this idea. Like people who have free market ideologies, like the free market capitalists, or cats or whatever, are more likely to believe that climate change is a massive conspiracy perpetrated by like a cabal of Mm -hmm. whatever, the liberal scientists. Because if you believe in the free market, you probably don't want cats to enact the measures that will cap carbon emissions or whatever and like put a dent in your fucking – profits or
0: whatever and and so <laughs> it's funny because then it's not a conspiracy well it's not a cons- a conspiracy theory in the alex jones vein when you say that then these these billionaires put money into the political system in order to make sure that those laws and measures and in re- you know regulations don't get passed so that they can continue to make their money right
1: and that was what was so crazy with they- it This book was so great at really showing how inundated we are with conspiracy thinking. And what was also crazy was the extent to which people who spew conspiracy theories then – people who believe in conspiracy theories and are public about it and are accusing Mm -hmm. the world of being a conspiracy theorist or whatever, whatever political actor they're targeting as being involved in conspiracy, they then – fight that with conspiracy theories of their own. Right. So, like, famously, I think the authors talked about, like, Nixon. At first, the whole Watergate thing was a conspiracy theory. Mm -hmm. turned out to be a real conspiracy. But Nixon then claimed that he was the subject of a a vast conspiracy to, like, frame him or whatever.
0: Right. I mean, it's the same thing that's going on now with Trump. Like, you have Trump in this whole Ukraine situation. Well, first, in, in terms of, like, um... Conspiracy theories from the left, and I I sort of preface this or bracket left with uh, it's really the neoliberal left, but Trump and Russia is like they they didn't find any direct link. Came out, Mueller came out, testified, didn't find shit, didn't find you know, didn't have grounds to. Uh, impeach or or convict or any or indict rather like none of that shit right after this whole you know you had Rachel Maddow everybody on CNN like all over the place like Russia 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 that's like, just motivated reasoning right so OD right <laughs> and so it's like and and so now you look at this Ukraine shit where it's like you have Trump who you know he's like hey to the Ukraine Ukrainian prime minister or president or whatever. Like, yo, um, this nigga Joe Biden is over here doing, you know, whatever for his son, you know, whatever dirt you got on him, his son is over there making. His, he had, his son had no idea of, like, the Ukrainian economy or anything, right? Gas and, like, he never worked in the oil uh, industry or anything. And he was able to get some job on, like, he was on the board, sitting on the board of some Ukrainian company making 50k a month sitting Uh, on the board like which is ridiculous um and you know and then biden supposedly threatened to do the prime minister because the company was getting prosecuted and he's like look fire his ass because my son's working on this board whatever whatever so all of this shit is coming out and it's a conspiracy you know it's a conspiracy but now Trump, like they, they found out the Ukrainian shit. Like, oh, you were talking to the Ukrainian dude about you know finding out this information on your political opponent, and then he's like, yeah, because my political opponent is over here doing all this, you know, fucking, you know, uh, I'm having a drawing a blank. This, um, he's over here with the Ukrainian, you know, having his son getting paid and all of this shit. It's like, look. He's getting cats fired, he's like dangling u s aid over their heads, like all kind of shit, and he's like, so yeah, he's over here doing some shit, but they getting him on the fact that you know he went over there and, and tried to get that information or whatever. so it's like another conspiracy theory that cats had that Trump has been working with foreign governments his whole you know time in office is now coming out to be true, yeah, but it's true. And so it, but it's also true that Joe Biden is crooked in doing shit too. Yeah. You know, so yeah. yeah. That's, well, a
1: couple quick things on that is like, I'm a big proponent of the don't attribute to conspiracy what you can just attribute to like stupidity or incompetence. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing, which is infuriating to me, is like the what about-ism. Like, mm-hmm. just because. It, I guess what does it boil down to what's like what like moral maxim does it boil down to like two wrongs don't make a right maybe like just because if you get if I call you out on a wrong and then you go well you did, you did that like doesn't mean that what I'm saying is invalid anyway so so far the authors have we've got the psychological backdrop for the cause of conspiracy theory the loss of control and anxiety inducing you to see non-existent patterns you have got ideologies playing a role but um, Again, that's not the complete picture because you can be – subscribing to a given ideology does not entail necessarily that you believe certain conspiracy theories. Mm -hmm. Like there's mad people on the left who don't think that the Bush administration had anything to do with 9-11, and there's mad people – well, I don't actually – well, that's kind of – see, this is the false equivalence. I was about to say there's mad people on the right that don't believe that climate change is a hoax, but I don't know because it seems like that's sort of – you kind of – if you – are on the right. There are certain axiomatic truths that you just kind of have to accept. Like you can't really be a conservative in the United States and like be okay with uh, abortion, for example. It's like you have to Mm – that's sort of like part and parcel of what it means to be a conservative. Mm -hmm. But anyways, that's something else. So they introduce a third – or no, this is part of the ideology dimension, but the authors then contend basically that people are socialized to be more susceptible to – conspiracy thinking or not and then they introduce group identity as playing a causal role in determining what conspiracy theories Mm -hmm. people are gonna subscribe to and then this is where they get into what they actually believe so so far they've been sort of summing up the scholarship like i said but just a quick pull quote uh on the dynamic of group identity they write Inculcating distrust and vigilance would be adaptive behaviors if groups have been victimized by actual conspiracies. By this logic, one legacy of racism is that African Americans have an especially rich history of conspiratorial beliefs. The CIA planted crack in black neighborhoods, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. They continue. Minorities of any stripe, racial, political, etc., may turn to conspiracy theories as a way to cope with isolated status, explain losses, arrest, defeat, and signal group allegiances in the face of perceived threat so then that's that's group of, yeah. that's the like social identity model yeah. or whatever it is um which i'm totally i totally
0: am, i align with that. i totally believe that um i think oftentimes those conspiracies are just are more grounded in something like in actual you know reality and so it's easier to for like i said it's easier for me Whether or not, like, I subscribe to, you know, whatever, you know, conspiracy theory. Like, I'm at least sympathetic to cats. Like, look, I don't fuck with the vaccination shit. Well, I understand, like, the history behind, you know, black people in in Mm -hmm. medicine in the United States. Like, I understand that. So, yeah, I get it. Like, the same thing with with the police, obviously. Well, yeah. So, it's, it's certain shit where it's, like, if it's actually grounded in some type of reality... I'm at least sympathetic to it because at that point it is. It's a theory. It's it's you trying to explain the world around you or whatever. But when it like I said, when it starts getting into this mystical, like Alex Jonesy Freemasonry shit, I'm I'm cool on that shit. Yeah. <laughs> I guess I would say that I
1: I I totally understand. And when I when I earlier said that conspiracy belief like, bothers me because it's irrational. I don't mean that it's irrational because the people who subscribe to conspiracy theories are acting rationally according to their internal logic. So I don't actually consider it irrational. I can totally understand given these various factors, especially given social context and history, like when when we talk about group identity. But I guess there's a difference between... To me, there's a difference between understanding it, understanding where it's coming from and and realizing that it's warranted given certain circumstances and then when it's enacted in the real world, I'm like you know, like if one of my friends who's black happens to not want to if they have kids and mm-hmm. happens to not want to vaccinate their kids for whatever reason I can understand that but I'm still going to fucking urge them to vaccinate their kids because there's no science to suggest that vaccines cause autism or anything like that. Like I want their right, kids but, to be but, healthy.
0: Right. But you're talking about, again, like you're saying it's not the, it's not the, the, the skepticism isn't about vaccinations. The skepticism is science. It's like the fact that people have the fact that, um, I, I brought up James Sim, James Sims Or whatever James Marlon Sims Like he is Experimenting on black Bodies right The Tuskegee uh, experiment is An experiment is a scientific Experiment on black bodies right you know, The skepticism Isn't science the skepticism Is look at what science has Done to us historically Like look at how science was Created like this whole Social Darwinism shit like Whether you know, whether or not it's an accepted sort of ideology today, the roots of that science still, you know, persists. Like it's still here. We still have the remnants of it. So the fact that people are like, I'm not fucking with it is based on a history of science of being perpetrated by science. So it's not, oh, I'm just like anti-back. Like you talk to a lot of people, they're not fucking like like that's why I brought up a lot of black people don't go to the doctor. And that's a, a sort of historical a gener- intergenerational trauma of like you motherfuckers was doing all you know what I'm saying so it's like so that you, you have to overcome centuries generations of trauma in order to get to the point where you got on a large scale people are at least accepting of you know western medical you know treatment and vaccinations and shit like that like you it's not just You saying like, okay, I understand it. I understand the rationale behind their thinking because, you know, because of the social context and the history, but then sort of, I guess, I guess table it, um, to just the vaccination issue when it's science in general. And so we have to overcome on a large scale. We have to overcome that mistrust of science in general before you even get to the point where people are like actively, you know what I'm saying?
1: Yeah, right. So I, th- I think I would, I guess I, maybe I'm using the word science in a different sort of way where, I mean, what what you're saying is that there's skepticism just about the, the history of the practice of science. Where When I'm saying that for science I'm sort of meaning like the progressive accumulation of knowledge in an environment where there's verifiable and testable ways to prove true or false propositions about the world. Right. But there's also, but in. And so, citing like the legacy of fucked up racialized science that has been that black people have been subject to is not the same thing as just accepting a scientific worldview where i want to verify things like what like i want to be able to test hypotheses that's i feel like we're talking about two different things
0: i mean but how like you're talking about the method of of reaching a certain explanation but that's still based in the 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 scientific practice that's still based in medicine like you're it's still you, you're asking you're asking people to disregard a, a his their history in order to ex- adopt a, a particular type of framing of of this shit that's just not true like I, I wouldn't ask anyone to disregard it no I, I mean essentially saying like we're like science is is progressive now to where we're you know it's at a different space now, and you know this this legacy of sterilization and, and you know operating on people and all like that's that's some shit that happened back then, but I'm saying take into account the intergenerational trauma of that being such a you know that being such a strong reality in within like just the black community in general that. That skepticism is going to be there, period. Like mm-hmm. anything that comes from the government, anything that comes from any type of like person of authority, any, any of that shit is going to be met with instant skepticism from black people based on just based on history. And you can't history isn't like, oh, this shit happened on, you know, October 1st, 1980 uh, or whatever. History is a process. All of this shit is, is ongoing. So the fact that history is a process, the shit that happened back then is a part of the processing, you know, that people are doing today, that people, how people frame shit and look at the world and, and accept or not accept certain shit. Like, all of that is is informed by that. And so I'm saying, like, while the science, you know, while you have somebody who, and then, Talking about like education, like how people even become, you know, aware of certain shit on that type of level. I mean, then you go on, you know, you go into like just the, the legacy of, you know, underfunded schools and shit like that. So it's like the exposure to certain shit is it's just a lot. It's a lot that you would like have to sort of overcome in order to really adopt that worldview in a way that you are. Like, all right, I accept this shit. I think this is what it is or whatever, you know, to build, I guess to essentially say to build that trust in, in this place, right? In the doctors, in the government, in whatever, like, it's just a bunch of mistrust from black people. So all those conspiracies are rooted (laughs) in that historical legacy, you know? So yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know how many, how many people, I know, I don't know a lot of people who are like super you know sciencey <laughs> right, but yeah no,
1: I'm not I, I wouldn't I wouldn't disagree with anything you just said, so I don't know I don't know that we I don't know that we disagree about anything
0: but I guess no, I guess not, I guess not I was just I just wanted to make it clear that like yeah, yeah, yeah. this shit isn't like it's not like cats are just operating. Cats aren't operating, you know, sort of rationally in that sense. Like, we are informed by, like, so much shit around us. And I just wanted to make that particular point that, like, in terms of black people and the conspiracies that they hold specifically in reference to, you know, medical science is rooted in, you know, just being mistreated by medical science. So, naturally, if you can look at your grandmother or something or, you know, you hear not probably... Probably people our age or a little bit older, who you know had grandparents and shit who were, you know what I'm saying, like experimented on and shit in the south and shit like that. So it's like the reality of that is that's a reality in the same way that you know you can point to me and and show that there's no link between autism and and you know being vaccinated or whatever. That's I can look at my grandmother, you know, not mine personally, but I can look at my grandmother and be like. Yeah, medical science also, you know, experimented on her ass and was doing all this other shit. So you want me to go over here and take these vaccines and put my kids through that shit? No, I'm cool. Like, yeah, yeah.
1: I no. I, yeah, yeah, I don't think we. I don't think no. we disagree about any of the. I guess like the backdrop and all like, yeah. um. But yeah, I don't know. Maybe I just was like sounding I like guess, cavalier yeah. Yeah. about it, like. I, I I would – my by, sa- by sounding cavalier, first of all, when I think of anti-vaxxers, I've mo- the face of the anti-vaxxer is like the Marin County like white mom who's mm-hmm. like into new age stuff who just doesn't believe mm-hmm. in – for whatever reason. So like that's where most of my ire is directed. And yeah, I feel – maybe I sounded cavalier if I when I when I said that, but
0: – Yeah, that's probably what it was. I get, yeah, okay. So
1: I – but – also, I would having some knowledge of I mean, like, you talk about like the institution of like racism perpetrated via science, like you also think about like environmental racism. Oh, yeah. Like yeah. lack of education and stuff like that. So my thing is like I would encourage mm-hmm. now I would be like pro health. Mm -hmm. pro like science back health especially right to the black community yeah
0: and like and framing it in that way versus and that's i guess that's what i was like given
1: given the history because it's like
0: yeah that's not you weren't clear about that okay okay initially and so that's yeah that's why i responded the way that i did because yeah it was like wait this shit is you know this is a part of you know what's going on so yeah if you were to frame it and it's actually funny that you said that because it's a book that um, that I want to get that's talking about like environmental racism and shit. Um, all right, Harriet A. Washington she wrote um, "Medical Apartheid." Will had that book. Yeah, 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 yeah. That shit's pretty fire. But she has this book called "A Terrible Thing to Waste" envir- colon <laughs> environmental <laughs> racism and its assault on the American mind. And so this is a book that I want to I want to cop. Probably in the next couple months or whatever after I'm done with these applications, but um, but yeah, if you were like, if yeah, if we frame it in that way, of course, then 100 like, yeah, that's what I'm with. I'm yeah, with yeah, yeah. Too. Yeah. Okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, we figured it out. <laughs> Cause yeah, when you when you initially said, I was like, uh, I don't know, I don't like the framing of this damn <laughs> shit. It sounds very uh. White male cisgender patriarchal. That's that's shit. me, baby. Yeah, that's my middle yeah. name. Really? <laughs> <laughs> I would believe it. Um, I
1: have to stop saying. Um, that's another one. Like, like,
0: um, like,
1: yeah. So now that okay, having discussed all those things, we got group identity ideology. Psychological backdrop. What the authors actually say is that they kind of marry these three strands of thinking into their own explanation of conspiracy thinking, which is as follows. We argue that conspiracy theories ignite when socialized motive meets political opportunity. The core of our claims is that conspiracy theories are a manifestation of vulnerability, a symptom of heightened danger from powerful actors. We contend that conspiracy theories are weapons of the weak and on balance and adaptive behavior. So now it's like, do you think that their their take really maps on to to reality? What do you think?
0: Mm, I mean, the fucking elite
1: can have conspiracy. That that was my thing too. Because it's, I wonder how the, how this book would be different if it were written today. Because it feels like now you have like the fucking president of the United States who's totally weaponized conspiracy. But I, theories. I would
0: say I would say that yeah. I, I mean that that probably gets at it, but I think. I definitely, I think, it's more so about the explanation of power, where more so than it is going at who has power. Now it's easier to like so when people are like talking about the president, you know, or the nine eleven shit, right? The Bush administration, and they're like, oh, the Bush administration has something to do with all of this shit or whatever, right? And so it's easy to talk about the Bush administration, right? But you're really Saying that the conspiracy has something to do with just US, you know, military and national power, you know, and it's reached, the sea, you know, whatever, whatever. You're talking about power and how that power is sort of enacting itself in the world, whereas. In reality, like that's what you should be talking about, you should be talking about what, you know how power is is enacted because the elites are also doing the same thing. They're fucking talking about um the elites do not like billionaires do not want any of this, you know, democratic socialist shit. And so what do they, you know, how do they frame that? They frame that in a way that's like they're trying to fucking uh take all our money. They're you know what I'm saying? It's it's all type of shit where it's like you can, you know, you can have that conspiracy theory about the, the at least have that conspiracy theory about, you know, the masses of people and what they would do mm. or could do, you know, it, given the power dynamics, you know, in the country shift. And so it's like, shit, I'm doing whatever the fuck it is I need to do to make sure that I maintain, you know, my position like that. So they come up with their own conspiracies. So, yeah, that would be the only thing I would like add to that.
1: Yeah, cause, yeah, to me that's it seems like the people in power are deal in conspiracies just as much as like the people out of power. Yeah, uh, yeah. So yeah, like you you were citing the all like the left's fervor over like the Trump Russia mm-hmm. thing. But yeah, I mean then you have Trump saying that that conspiracy theory is a conspiracy it, he's saying it's yeah him uh,
0: saying that it's a conspiracy theory is, is his, his own conspira- is his own conspiratorial right. Right. belief
1: that everyone's right. you know aligned against him when maybe Trump you're just doing some maybe you're just an mm-hmm. unprecedented motherfucker and it's like we're kind of going crazy yeah um but my my thing that they my one thing that they didn't really touch on which is sort of my conspiracy theory of conspiracy theories is that people Kind of like I said at the beginning. People would rather believe that the world is ordered, even if the cats pulling the strings behind, you know, behind the right. curtain are fucking nefarious and evil. It's more comforting in some way to believe that than to believe that this maybe, cats yeah, like, maybe cats are just out here random, like maybe cats are just out here incompetent. Maybe they're just selfish or whatever. Like, of course. Um, and it's also like if getting back to our episode on like the narrativity of self, like if you are a vehement believer in whatever, the 9-11 conspiracy theory or whatever, Mm -hmm. then it's like you're the protagonist of the story. You're the motherfucker who's got it figured out and Mm -hmm. then there's these faceless, Mm -hmm. nameless evil cats who you have figured it out. Like it gives this, there's this really like strong narrative power to me about conspiracy theories that I feel like the authors didn't necessarily get to. But
0: yeah, that I think that's a good that's a good point in terms of like um how how conspiracy theories become part like part and parcel with people's identity. Like mm-hmm. it's it's Big literally time. like how you identify the world, how you put yourself out and purport yourself to the world yes. is is via this conspiracy theory. And so yeah, that that's something that they left out as well. Like I think I think that it's also a bit trickier for people to believe like that the elites are you know conspiring or whatever like i mean of course they're controlling shit but for them to sort of have like it shows like you said it's it's easy to say that there's this you know group in the you know in the back room somewhere pulling all the strings or whatever for people who aren't for the masses of people who aren't in power but then the people who are quote-unquote in power are also conspiring because they don't necessarily have power in the way that they you know think that they they always think that their power is in jeopardy so they conspire and shit come up with shit because they believe you know their shit is in jeopardy so it's yeah it's a back and forth uh,
1: yeah it totally is a
0: back and forth um
1: yeah maybe my if i ever go to Get my PhD, I can do a dissertation yeah, on conspiracy. Th- that would be kind of fire, actually. Like the narrativity. Yeah. Because it is just like telling stories about the world, and it's like a back and forth. It's like battles of narratives. Right. Um, but, my, but here's what I was thinking just about our episode, since we already talked for mad long about this shit, and we barely even covered anything. Anything. <laughs> this was just the intro. So maybe we can come back next time and run certain conspiracy. So in the next chapter, in the second chapter of the book, Listeners, they lay out like six truth tests that you can run various conspiracy theories through. And so I was thinking that when we come back, we can like take given conspiracy theories and sort of run them through the. I have the a, tests. I have
0: a, I have one conspiracy. Oh no, actually, my conspiracy that I broke down to you last year, 2018, was about Takashi Six Nine, mm-hmm. and I said Takashi Six Nine was an informant. And said there's no way that this cat is You know moving around like this Without being protected By people other than street cats There's no way Yeah. And So now he's fucking ratting on everybody And all of that shit right but Then what really was like Oh he's an informant My conspiracy theory Is a true conspiracy now <laughs> <laughs> He said that he is not Looking To have any type of Witness protection. Oh, like relocation and
1: shit like that. I saw that. He doesn't. What does he think he's gonna?
0: Well, no. What's the lens? Yeah. What's the what's the what's the conspiratorial angle? The the conspiratorial angle is clearly you you're already protected. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. Why would I need to go into witness protection? I'm already. I've been protected yeah, this straight. whole time. Yeah. I've literally been protected this whole time. So. Yeah. Mm, I'm excited for you to. Yeah. Spell that full conspiracy yeah. out. Okay,
1: so when we come back for next episode, it's going to be Conspiracy Theories Part 2, and we're going to talk more about specific conspiracy theories now that we've laid out like what we hope are sort of the, some of the root causes behind them. And yeah, that'll be more of a, a fun Yeah, that one will be fun. That'll be a fun one. Yeah. All right, thank you. Later.
0: Now that you mention it. Mention it. Mention it. Mention, mention it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hey.